This is another one of those conversations where I don't feel like I'm a part of it. Yeah. I'm going to start a new podcast by myself. What's going to be called? Rob Royale? <laughs> Not just the Rob show, maybe. Could work. Yeah. Could work. Probably just change this show's name to that. It's actually a she, and you were supposed oh. to get that no? from the joke. Is so. Mi- wait, 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 wait. Yep. Is Minnie Pekka actually a she? I would assume I thought so. Pekka was a she. I just always assume Pekka's in general are female. It's a card, 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 spell, spell, card, spells, card, spell, spell, card. That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> Royale, the Clash Royale podcast for casual players. I'm Rob. And I'm Joe. And this week, we cover the balance changes, discuss the game update, and more. Boom. Woo! Episode 4-0, baby. This one's official. 4-0. How's it feel? It feel good? I feel like it feels good. I feel like I'm not sure how it feels. Is that a weird feeling? It is a weird feeling to not know how you're feeling, I think. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's how I feel. So we have... Probably the most stuff we've ever had to talk about in one episode. So do you want to do you want to just kind of like dive right in as they say feet first? Let's do it. All right. So give me an update. How's your uh, week in the arena? So this week's been pretty good, man. Um, I, I guess last episode we were talking about the fact that the season reset, right? Mm-hmm. And we were kind of toying around the let's climb the ladder phase which right. we hate doing. Yep. <laughs> um, so this week, I'm inevitably still climbing the ladder. Um, I'm currently sitting around 4,700 trophies, and I'm still using the Mortar Mauler on the ladder because it is the only deck that I have high enough card levels to face the kind of people that I'm facing right now, which are level 12 and 13 King Towers with level 13 slash max out cards. So it's pretty disheartening still to be in the ladder, but... I do play the Mortar Mauler when I'm in it, and it's, I mean, it's, it's working out. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not doing, like, the Trophy Death Spiral back down to 4,300 where I guess I got reset to, but I find that the ladder right now is, a, it's a struggle. Like, it's a, it's a grind for me. Like, every single match is just a struggle, mm-hmm. I, and no win is easy, and, and every loss is, like, a tough loss. Um, so it's a grind, and I'm just kind of sitting through it until all the people... <laughs> who are much better than I am at this game. Get out. Climb the ladder out of my realm so that I can just play normal games. I'm just, yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I know, I know last, last episode I had said that I enjoy facing people that are uh, theoretically worse than me. Um, but now I'm getting to the point where I am seeing more people uh, that are clearly uh, a lot better than me. Um, but I, I agree with you. I, I don't want to switch my deck, especially on the ladder, because I have my Mortar Mauler deck at a specific level. And I'm afraid that if I use a different deck that has weaker cards, I will absolutely hit that death spiral. And I don't know if I could get back up where I am. So uh, my reset obviously brought me down to 4,000. And that was really sad. Um, But I got myself back up to 4,200 and change right now. Um, Nice thing is I am able to get my ice spirits and my skeletons uh, to level 12. However, sad face, I don't have 100,000 gold. That's a problem. Oh, you mean 
a hundred thousand gold is tough to get. Yeah, I don't I don't know how else to get it other than paying for it, and I don't really want to do that. I mean, that's not true. I mean, the the game. I mean, we'll talk about this a little bit later, but the the double elixir draft challenges are really really good for getting gold, but they're draft challenges, they're double elixir draft challenges, and they're not the easiest things to win, right? So, um, you could get it, but it's not for everyone. Um, buying it is always for everyone, unless you don't have the money for it, right? Yeah, but uh, something very exciting happened. It's funny because we talked about how many legendaries I got over the last week, week and a half. Um, as soon as we finished recording uh, the last episode, I got a legendary chest from the lab. No. Mm-hmm. And I unlocked another log. Dude, are you kidding me? Yes. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> that would mean... So on the last episode, so before the last episode, you got four legendaries in one week. And uh-huh. then on the show, you got a fifth legendary, making it five in one week. Mm-hmm. And then the day after we record, you get a sixth legendary in a week? It might have, I, I'm sorry to say, it might have even been the night we recorded. Like, right after we recorded. I don't think it was the day after. I mean, I might have opened it the day after, but I got the chest. After we recorded. Here's what I need. A miracle? I need your luck. Eventually, Joe, as we've learned from going to Vegas, luck runs out. (laughs) Right? It's a very, very fair point. Uh, Yeah, so, I mean, that's generally my week in the arena, and hopefully I can keep the, um, the legendary streak going. I will tell you that I'm still using the Starfire app, and mm-hmm. it told me when I was going to get a legendary chest. So I knew three more chests from when we finished the episode, I was going to get another chest. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, the, 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 the API that the Starfire app tracks it's great. is so good. It's so good. And it is spot on. I uh-huh. mean, you can play a game and it will update three and a half seconds later or maybe even, maybe even quicker. Um, nobody knows. Nobody knows. <laughs> it's like Pandora's box. You don't want to really open it because you're not sure what you'll find in there. Right. It's like voodoo. 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 Voodoo or Boodoo? I said voodoo. You may have heard voodoo, though. I don't know what a voodoo is. I'm not sure either. That's why I was so confused. But if you said voodoo, I am with you. All right. So uh, anyway, that pretty much covers our weeks in the arena. Um, And we only had a couple of things happen in the game in terms of challenges. So we're not going to go into those. It was the witch challenge and the double elixir challenge, right? So nothing real fancy, nothing we really haven't seen before. Um, but Joe, did you want to talk about the new survey before we go into what we probably are going to call the meat and potatoes of the episode? Yeah. So Rob and I have been thinking for a while now about how we can increase funding for our podcast so that we can make more and even better content for all of our listeners. Mm -hmm. And one of the ways that we were thinking about doing that was by putting in some live read ads, maybe, you know, nothing fancy, like one, two or three of them over the course of an hour long show. But before doing that, we wanted to gauge how our listeners, you guys, felt about it. So we've put together a survey that helps us better get to know you and how you feel about those kinds of things and also what you're interested in. Because ultimately, if we do decide to put them in, these answers will help drive what we do put in so that it's relevant to you and helpful for you. Right. Because if you're going to sit through ads, we don't want you guys to sit through ads that are not interesting to you, right? Plus, they're going to be live read. We want to read them out loud. So you get to hear us and hopefully we can make some jokes as we're going through it. That's right. And the survey is in the show notes. 
please, 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 if you could take, it is no more than a minute and a half long survey. Mm -hmm. It would be super, super valuable. We cannot stress it enough. If you could take the time out of your very busy day to take a minute or two to fill the survey out and help us, that would be super, super appreciated. Mm Mm-hmm. Boom. So let's go into the balance changes. Balance changes. So we got a ton of balance changes on June 12th. So the 612 balance changes, and it starts with our dear friend, the Night Witch. This was a sad moment, man. It was. It was it was kind of bittersweet because we knew it was coming. We just didn't really know what they were gonna do, right? That's right. Um, so they took the amount of bats that she spawns when she dies from four and reduced it to three. And then the bat spawn speed was increased to six seconds from five seconds, plus the initial bats that she first spawns spawn slower than they previously did. Right, so she basically took three hits. One to the death bats, one to the spawn speed, and one to how quickly the first bats that come out actually come out. Mm-hmm. What does this tell you about how powerful that card was before this balance change? This, this tells me that she was way beyond what we probably even thought. Or, or maybe she was dead on. Maybe it was exactly how strong we thought she was. Oh, I think she was exactly how strong we thought she was. And everybody else thought she was, which is why the balance came out. I mean, this was not an okay change. This was a necessary change to ensure that the game itself was balanced and that the entire meta was not overtaken by one card. Mm-hmm. And also, worth pointing out, is that they did nothing about her actual attack, right? This was all with the bats. The bats right. are the thing that were causing the issue. Right, so this, she still hits like a truck. She mm-hmm. still has a 1.5 tile hit radius. Mm-hmm. And she'll still get the first hit off of any other ground melee troop except for the prince. Right. So, I mean, ultimately, she in and of herself didn't get, quote unquote, nerfed, but her bass sure did. They sure did. Um, and that was probably one of the biggest changes that happened. But again, we all knew it was coming. We just wanted to see what they were going to do. The next change has to do with three separate spells so the tornado the poison and the heal and now they let all three of these spells stack on top of each other which previously was not allowed my first reaction to this was what about rage finally (laughs) like why would they not previously stack like it was such a waste of elixir in 2v2 battles Mm -hmm. to have two poisons in your deck because inevitably you're gonna poison at the same time especially When you and your partner, especially if you're not on like, you know, Discord or Skype and you're not like physically talking, the second that you see 10 troops grouped up in a small location, you're both going to throw poison regardless of whether you know they stack or not. Good point. So this just makes it better. And it ultimately all of these things, they are for 2v2 purposes. The balance change was not for any other purpose unless you're mirroring a tornado or you're mirroring a poison or a heal most of the time that's not that's not what you're using mirror for right yeah that's true um yeah i'm 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 actually excited to see what this winds up uh creating um in its wake i i think it's interesting that we just recently talked about the heal spell not being used and now you can stack it on top of itself so 
yep. gonna it's gonna be very cool to see how this uh, changes that card's specific use rates. I totally agree. But to your point before, why would the rage not be stackable? Like it seems silly that it wouldn't be stackable. And I get it. Like maybe you don't want to ruin the game like a super super quick smack in the face. But uh huh. I mean, at the end of the day, you don't have to make it. 30% plus 30% or 40% plus 40%, right? Like you don't have to increase speed by 80%. <laughs> right, could do, it could stack like half. Let's do it like this. If 100% is the normal speed, then mm-hmm. a 30% increase would go to 130%, right? Mm-hmm. If it quote unquote stacked, it would go again to 160%. But that's crazy. Like that's way too much. Yeah, that's a lot. But what if you just did 30 more percent of 130 it's not 160 anymore. It's a, it's a smaller number. So right. I think if they stack that way, like the, the percentages stack on top of the total as opposed to just, you know, 30 plus 30 plus 30 plus 30, because that could get ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, may, they might do that in the future. You never know. Now that they made all these changes to stacking spells, that could happen. Maybe they didn't want to rush into the rage. Maybe, but I think the only spell that shouldn't be stackable is the freeze. Because, and maybe the reason why they don't want to st- stack the rage is because ultimately, you can have two players with Rage and Lumberjack. Yo. <laughs> oh, get this, dude. You ready for this? This is the ultimate. I don't even want to know. Two Lumberjacks, two Mirrors, two Clones, <laughs> two Rage Spells, and like a Hog Rider or a Golem. Maybe that's exactly why they didn't let it happen. Yeah, so now that, now that, now that, we've, now that we've covered all bases, I'm going to I feel go like we with... talked through it enough, yeah? I feel like we talked through it enough to realize this was not a good idea. I'm going to go with, I agree with that. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the next change actually has to do with one of the cards that we just talked about, which is the Tornado, who got a nerf um, to its duration. So it went from three seconds, lasting three seconds, down to two and a half seconds. What do you think about this? I love this change. I personally thought that the Tornado was an overused card, was a super powerful card. And we've talked about it on this show before. The tornado in and of itself, because of how popular it was in the meta, mm-hmm. stifled the use of the hog rider. Not to say right. that the hog rider was underpowered because of it, but it really made it almost unplayable because it not only took care of the hog rider, brought it into the tower, killed it when it was used, but it also had the ability to kill Goblin Gang. Now, with this reduction in duration, the other thing that people don't think about is. The shorter the tornado lasts, the less time it's damaging. So now right. it can no longer kill the goblin gang. It'll kill the spear goblins, but it won't kill the stabby goblins. That's a good point, because they didn't change anything about the damage it does over time. Correct. So it does the same damage over time, just for less time. So right. in total, less damage. So ultimately, it's going to kill the spear goblins, but not the stabby goblins. Mm-hmm. So in essence, when you're talking about goblins in and of itself or even minions, the smaller troops, it acts a lot like the zap does. So now you're using three elixir to get the same value a zap would if you're using it against those swarmy type troops. Yeah, that, that's, that's actually a, a really good point and something that I, I'm sure a lot of people didn't even really think about. But I still think that this card is still useful because it's more of a control card than anything else. And I think that's the reason for this change. It can still be used as a control card, because it, should it really do that much damage? Probably not. Probably not. It should control. That's what it should be. It should do a little bit of damage, and it should control the map. Like the ice spirit. Boom. 
right? It's good. I feel like that was a good comparison. That was a confused boom, but I think like as I said the boom, you got I, it. Like I got it. You like, got. I, it. I, I know I, you got it. And yeah. even if I don't get it, I think I got it. You're always with me when you're not, so it's great. Boom. Mm-hmm. So the next change, or the next nerf, I should say, happened to the log, sad face, and its range went from 11.6 tiles to 11.1. So I'm assuming this had to do with it being placed over buildings now, right? They fixed this? That's right, and I was just going to say that because they don't mention it in the balance change, but they made it very clear that on this update, they were going to reduce the distance that the log traveled by 0.5 tiles, which is just one half a tile, right? Mm -hmm. But they were going to fix the fact that previously it couldn't be placed on top of buildings, whether it was your tower or it was your mortar, if it was behind your elixir pump. So in general, this seems like a, a nerf, which it is, but it's also kind of getting buffed because now you can place it wherever you want. Well, that's true. Yeah, I, I probably shouldn't have said nerf because it's kind of two things at once. Um, but yeah, no, you're right. I agree. Um, so I, I have a question for you about the next card. Okay. How do you feel about your uh, good old Goblin Gang getting a real nerf? This is definitely a nerf. This is definitely a nerf. So the Goblin Gang got a nerf where the Spear Goblins were reduced from three count to two count. So effectively, they took a third of the Spear Goblins away making it a total of five troops in the gang. They are no longer a six-person group, but now a lonely five-person group. The biggest thing with this card is that they were trying to reduce the value that it got against air troops, right? Because if you're taking away one of the spear goblins, now, in essence, there are only two troops that are technically attacking air. And making it less valuable puts it more in line, I would say, and this is just my opinion, more in line with where the guards are at, and maybe even where the, the, uh, the skeleton army's at. Right, and I think, you know, from, from that point, right, like, you're still going to get the same value from using a zap against the goblins. Mm -hmm. You're still going to get the same value for using the, the, the log against the goblins or the arrows against the goblins. Right. So it, it's irrelevant to that point, right? But by reducing one of the spear goblins out, you're reducing the DPS, the damage per second that this card has to offer. So... Maybe they're not as good of an option, whereas you could have the Skeleton Army. Maybe now the Skeleton Army has a little bit more value. Or the Guards. They don't get killed as easily because a Log and or a Zap isn't going to kill them anyway. So mm -hmm. it might make them a little bit more viable of an option. Personally, I don't think it's going to actually achieve that, but I think that might have been the goal that was in mind when they did it. Here's the one last point that I'd like to make. Removing one troop might not seem like a lot from lower cost cards, right? But ultimately, let me just put it into perspective. How often do the skeletons get played when they go from three units to four units versus from four units to three units? Well, when it was four, it was one of the most used cards in the game. And when it was three, people kind of eh, tempered off from using it. Right. And I think the main reason is because for a small amount of elixir, you get an extra troop. And an, an extra troop might not seem like a lot when it's doing a little bit of damage. But just think about it on the other side. Forget about the damage and just think about the distraction. Right. It takes a bigger troop, one extra swing to get through the goblin gang before it can even make its way onto the tower. Oh, by the way, that one spear goblin is still damaging that troop and allowing the archer tower to attack it as well. So mm -hmm. ultimately, it, it allows it to be less effective against things like the P.E.K.K.A. or the, the elite barbarians and things like that. Yeah, it's a good point. And speaking of taking away things from groups of troops, the skeletons... Good old Larry is no more. Rip. So the skeletons uh, got a nerf 
um, bringing their count from four down to three. And man, did this, dude, like this balance change uh, greatly affected the Mortar Mauler. It did affect the Mortar Mauler. I still think the Mortar Mauler is effective. Like, I don't think that this change made it an unviable deck, but I do understand why this change happened. I think the skeletons could have been fixed in a different way mm-hmm. that one would have reduced their impact on the map and two would have allowed a more versatile meta to come about. Would you like to hear what that is? Well, I'm assuming you're going to say something along the lines of either their attack speed or just how much damage they do overall. And it's the latter that I think is the answer. I think ultimately they should have just reduced the health and the damage because right now the health and the damage of these skeletons are the same. If the Mm -hmm. health is 81, the damage is 81. And I think they attack every one second or something. So it's all pretty consistent across. Right. Right now they went from four skeletons to three skeletons. So effectively Mm -hmm. they lost 25% of their DPS, right? Right. Instead, you could have kept the skeletons as four and just removed 25% of their DPS and health. Now, what this would have done is, one, it would have achieved the same damage per second impact that they have on the map. And two, guess what would have been able to kill or, you know, what would be able to kill the skeletons in one hit that currently do not? The Ice Wizard. Oh, yeah. And the Ice Wizard right now is unused in the current meta because it takes a sliver of extra health for it to kill the skeletons that are of equal or equivalent level to him. And he's just not used. But now, if you, if you took a step back and you said, okay, well, if you, if you reduce the damage and the health of the regular skeletons, well, then the Tombstone skeletons get impacted, the Graveyard skeletons get impacted, and we know mm. the Graveyard's a very strong spell with crazy RNG that causes people to lose their minds. So this would reduce all of that a little bit, and it would allow the Ice Wizard to come back into the meta and defend against things like the Graveyard. Right now, it gets destroyed by a Graveyard, and you never use it. That's actually a very good point, and I didn't even think about the the Ice Wizard. I hope hope this, this truly helps. Yeah, and I just think back to the old days when the Ice Wizards was around. I mean, it's one, it was one of the best defensive cards in the game, and now it's just unused because you can't effectively do what you needed to do in the current meta. I think mm-hmm. that if this card was a viable option in the current meta, it would change decks tremendously because you wouldn't be able to rely on that simple tank graveyard type deck. You'd have to come up with something else. True, good point. Um, so the next change is a buff to the bandit and the bandit got its hit points increased by four percent plus its dash initiates quicker yeah so how do you feel about this change i mean honestly i always kind of felt like the bandit was a little bit weak um it's nice to see the plus 0.4 percent i'm not 100 sure if this is going to make a huge difference i'm sure there was a troop somewhere that this 4% caused it to not die when, when it's being attacked by it, but I just don't know what that troop is. Um, I like the fact that its dash initiates quicker, though. I feel like that was like this card's special move, and it wasn't really... I don't know, like it obviously set it apart from other legendaries, right? But I don't think that it was as effective as it could have been. And I think that the, the, the quicker dash makes that happen. Right, and I totally agree with everything you just said. I think the troops that get impacted the most by this hit point increase are things like the skeletons, the archers, the spear goblins, 
and things like that, where mm, it's mm-hmm. small troops that do small amounts of damage now probably need one extra hit in order to effectively kill her. And oh, by the way, she's invulnerable while she's dashing. So the quicker that she actually dashes, the less damage she'll actually take. And how many times can you look back and say, wow, I just killed her before she dashed. <laughs> like, yeah, literally just killed her before she destroyed my tower. Because if yeah. she connects, it's double damage, and it is not a joke. It's a lot of damage. Yeah, no, I agree. Like I said, I, th- I think that this is, this is all around a very good change for this card, and I hope to see her more because I don't see her as much as I should, considering that she's a legendary. And I agree with that as well. And one last point that I'd like to make about this card before we move on. Don't just look at this change in isolated to itself. Look at this change compared to the last two changes we also spoke about. Mm-hmm. Not only is this card getting 4% increase in health, it's also dashing quicker, and people typically play small troops that are kind of swarmy to defend against her, like the Skeletons and the Goblet Gang. And oh, by the way, both of those just lost one troop each based on this balance change. So they're making cards that counter her less effective when doing so. Yep, exactly. Um, so the next change is to the Inferno Dragon who had its hit points increased by 7%, and its retarget is 0.2 seconds quicker. So I feel like this is kind of a big deal. I'm just not entirely sure how it's going to play out in the arena. I think that the, uh, the retarget is a little bit more impactful than the hit point buff. I, I personally would, would disagree. I would think the opposite. Like I personally think that the hit point increase of 7% is a pretty substantial amount. Like typically mm. when they increase hit points, it's typically by something like 3, 4 or 5%. 7% right. a lot. Um and there was one time when they actually increased the golem's health by 1%. So, I mean, 7%s a pretty substantial number. The retarget speed is okay. And 0.2 seconds might seem like a lot, but to be honest with you, like it's not even going to allow the, the Inferno Dragon to get through three little minions while they're being attacked by the tower. I mean, it will, do not get me wrong. I think this was a necessary change because the Inferno Dragon is kind of like Sparky. It's never used and mm-hmm. it's just lacking something. But I do think that Clash Royale is going to struggle with this card. It, it's going to be hard to make it so that it's a balanced card without making it feel like it's overpowered. Um, so I can be empathetic with them when I, when I look at when, you know, the increasing by 7% and they're, you know, reducing the, the, the retarget speed by 0.2 seconds per switch. I don't think it's enough, but I think if they keep doing things like this, this card is just going to wreck everyone. And I, and I don't want it to ever get to that point. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I agree. I just, I think that this is a great step in the right direction. And I don't think that this is the final stop for this card. That's, that's really all I meant. I think that the point two is just like a, eh, we're going to kind of tinker it a little bit because we know that if we go where we want to take it, it's going to push it to the limit that you just described where it's a little overpowered. You want to know what I think would make this card balanced? Like, full-on balanced. They wouldn't ever have to change it ever again. If they just uh, gave it a hat. The, the Inferno Dragon needs a hat. Ah, well, that was better than mine. So, yeah, that works. No, 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 no. Tell me. I'm ready. I was just going to say, you can revert her health pool back to what it was, revert the retarget speed back to what it was, and every, you know, 10 seconds or so, she can just plop down an Inferno Tower. Yeah, that'd be fair, right? Yeah, totally fair. You're just, mm-hmm. you're giving me the anxiety when you say, like, lava lava. That's, I can't uh, handle it. 
Got it. Well, so I'll completely disagree with you there. Eh, maybe for now, but maybe one day, one day, maybe, maybe, we'll, maybe, we'll maybe, see the maybe. Ba- we'll see the Inferno Dragon shoot out little Inferno Towers. Then people will use her, but I guarantee you she'll be a little bit overpowered. <laughs> yeah, you think? Um, so the next card is to the witch, which honestly, I did not see this coming. So, um, she had her hit points increased by 5%. The area damage radius was increased by 10%. The spawn speed for the skeletons was decreased to seven seconds from seven and a half seconds. So technically they go a little bit quicker, right? Yep. And the initial skeletons spawn slower. So there's there's a lot going on here. There's a lot going on here. But I think the biggest thing to mention about this, I mean, we talk about the area damage, we talk about the hit points, and we talk about the changes to the skeletons. All fine and dandy. I think mm-hmm. ultimately they needed to make this change because overall, the witch, as an epic, for a five elixir cost card, was not previously even close to comparable to the night witch, which, although is a legendary, is a four cost card. In a lightning heavy meta, this card cannot be played because it is five cost, and if, if she's in the way of a lightning, game is over. Now, I would like to just say, I don't want to be too super critical, right? But she still will die to the lightning. Like, that will still happen. Mm-hmm. But she's getting buffed, so maybe people will start using her more. And where I think this is going to play a bigger impact is not throughout the entirety of the meta, but in the lower level arenas. Personal opinion. All right. Well, we shall see. Boom. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the next one, I don't think we need to talk about too much, but it is <sighs> worth noting that the clone spell has a faster cloning effect. So it no longer takes as long. We don't really know how long it took anyway but it's quicker now. So that's good, I think. Yeah, I think it's something like 0.2 seconds faster for the animation to happen. And that might not seem like a lot of time, but it actually is a lot of time because 0.2 seconds is 0.2 seconds of both the cloned troop and the original troop of just being frozen while being cloned. Um, Right. And I think where this impacts the most is not in the ladder, is not in challenges. To be honest, I think it's in like the 2v2 fun type decks that you wind up playing or mm-hmm. in you know draft challenges ultimately this isn't going to see i don't think um a place in competitive play or anything like that i i think ultimately the clone spell will continue to be something fun for people yeah that's true um and so the last two changes are actually very interesting so one never happened <laughs> so they initially had a change for the battle ram which was the damage that destroys the ram won't affect the barbarians. They took that out. That's right. I guess they had a bug that they said they found, and I guess it would be updated in the next, next batch or something. But I will say this. Even though we're not getting this change, I do think it's a good change, right? The change overall was that continuing damage after the battle ram's log was killed, mm-hmm. right, wouldn't continue through the barbarians that were underneath it. So, for example... A log is rolled through the battle ram, and it kills the wood on top and damages the two barbarians. Right. I agree with that. But now here's my question. Why does the same not apply to a tombstone? Currently, if a tombstone is at half health and a bowler or a log rolls the boulder or the log through the tombstone, the, tombs- the tombstone dies and the-, the skeletons that burst out of it die as well. So... Hmm. If they're fixing the battle ram continuation damage, 
then why wouldn't other troops that have something similar to that also be affected? That is a very good question, and hopefully someone from Supercell is listening, because maybe that's how it should work. Boom. Mm-hmm. I like that. Um, and I don't know, with the, with the Battle Ram, it almost seems like the Barbarians almost had a shield, but they weren't treating it like a shield, and now with the change that is coming, it will act as kind of a shield. Because when you, when you lightning guards, it won't go through the guards past the shield, right? It just kills the shield. I totally agree. Mm. So that's, that's interesting, too, that now they're treating it like it is a shield, but it isn't a shield. It's a wood shield. You're a wood shield. Mm-hmm. So the last change, which is probably my favorite change, uh, because there's a lot to say about it, um, is to the bats. And they reduced the bat count from five to four. So now I'll let you do most of the talking for this, but all I have to say is when a card is nerfed before it's released, kind of says a lot about how strong the card is. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. I think this kind of goes back to what we were talking about before, right? The Night Witch got nerfed, not by nerfing her, but by nerfing her bats. I think people seriously underestimated initially how impactful the bats would be. They're pretty much flying versions of skeletons. The problem mm-hmm. with them is that they're flying versions of skeletons. So even though they might do the same amount of damage, we all know that there are less overall cards in the game that impact air. And if you have annoying little things on the floor, they're Mm -hmm. easier to deal with than annoying little things in the air. And ultimately, they needed to be nerfed because they were clearly taking over the game. Um, So I was happy to see this change. I'd rather these things come into the game um, on a conservative basis as opposed to just, again, taking over the meta. So... I think this was an awesome change, and I was excited to see it. Yeah, me too. Um, how would you rate these balance changes? I mean, overall, I'm just going to jump right in and say that I would, I would gladly give them a solid A, 95, and the only reason that I don't go higher than that is simply because I just wish that Larry, <laughs> I just wish if I could do one thing differently. Bring back Larry. It would be bring back Larry. Mm-hmm. Hashtag bring back Larry. <laughs> can, can we get it trending, people? <laughs> can, can we start it now? Because I would absolutely agree with you. Definitely give it a solid A. Um, like I said before, it's kind of hurting my Mortar Mauler deck a little bit. But whatever. I'll make it work. But we can't, we can't grade these things on how it impacts us individually, but rather the meta. Oh, no. No, I agree with you. My A is because they were good balance changes. My sadness is because they hurt me with Larry. <laughs> that's, that's it. I could still be sad about balance changes that I give an A to. I think that, I, I think that, that was the perfect way to put it. Thank you. Um, so we have so much stuff that was added to this game. I don't even know where to start. Uh, other than to say, Woody was right. Do you remember what he said? Oh, the month of 2v2 is coming! Summer of 2v2 is coming. He had a YouTube video. He uh, re-engineered the audio to play it backwards. And Clash Royale said, the summer of 2v2 is coming. And that's exactly what wound up happening. We got three different 2v2 things happening. So 2v2 friendly battles, huge. 2v2 draft games, huge. And 2v2 challenges. 
mega huge. Did the challenges come out yet? Because I didn't see them. I don't think so. I think I think it's just coded into the into the client itself, but I don't think they actually rotated to a challenge yet. Got it. But it is coming. And by the time hopefully by the time this episode releases, it's not out yet. But as of right now, it isn't out. And we are just super, super excited, right? Because the friendlies, the draft, the challenge, I think just in general, the 2v2 game mode is awesome. Mm-hmm. And it's so much fun. People love doing it. It's great to get away from the ladder grind or the even the, the normal challenge grind, right? Like, yes, it's a good place to go where you don't have to worry about trophies and worry about climbs and, and death spirals. And, you know, I think one thing that I, you know, to be honest, one thing that I would like to see a little bit different is the fact that right now it's not tourney cap levels. They take mm-hmm. like an average of your crown towers and your troops are the same level that they are anyway. So technically, if you're over leveling cards, it's going to be that way in the 2v2 game. Right. Um, but they try and map you up based on like background. Uh, I don't know the best way to say this, but ELO, it's like behind the scenes oh, right, 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 right. tracking of how quote unquote skilled you are. Right. Um, so they do use that to match you up with an average team that is pretty close to you. Um, but personally, I really like the route that they're going with this. Mm-hmm. I could not agree more. I think my favorite part of this entire thing Keeping in mind that they released the 2v2 feature built into the, like, the main battle screen, right? Um, that's kind of like a week-long test run. And then they're going to work out any kinks, get some feedback from the community, and then they're going to bring it back for pretty much, I think, the entire month of July, correct? I think it's the game plan. Right. So I think my favorite part, knowing that, when it comes back and while we were using it for the week-long, is you can collect chests and get gold like you can still play like you're on the ladder without actually having to grind through the ladder and you don't have to worry about trophies you can still keep your chest cycling through which is oh it warms my heart man like that's 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 amazing and one thing that is super cool is that the chest rotation is on the same rotation as your normal rotation right so if you're supposed to get a legendary chest as your next game for winning a battle if you win that battle in a 2v2 you still get it. It's not on a separate rotation. You don't have to worry about missing out on any chests. And you're still enjoying the benefits of the game while playing fun portions of the game as opposed to the grind. The ladder is a grind. <laughs> I'm just, I need more, it is. more ways to get away from the grind. I know. Yeah. And, and honestly, cha- you know, challenges are great. And eventually that turns into a grind too. But because of the next additions to the game i think that kind of changes that a little bit don't you think oh i totally agree so we're getting some new challenges um separate from the 2v2 challenges so the new challenges are going to be sudden death ramp up and triple elixir which are you'll you'll know that these things are happening in the game when you see a golden notification on your tournaments tab that's right so can we just take each of these one by one and explain how they work let's do it so orange juice and woody had a YouTube video that demonstrated how these things work. And I got to tell you, if you're looking for a fun new way to get away from the ladder, this is it. Sudden death. Are you ready? I'm ready. Sudden death. One tower goes down. Game is over. Ooh, rough. That's rough. So it is no longer about how big of a push you can build, but rather how quickly you can outjuke, outsmart, become elusive, do a quick, swift, roundhouse kick to the face 
and just boom, a tower down. It's another reason why they probably didn't let you stack rage. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> All those rages with a freeze. Exactly. No, okay. I don't even want to hear about it. All right. So moving on. Ramp up. Ramp up. Ramp up is a version of the game where it's very similar to like the normal call it game modes, right? Mm -hmm. You have your your single elixir and then eventually that moves into double elixir and then you go into overtime, right? Right. Well, the way that ramp up works is pretty cool. Throughout the course of the match, it ramps up different elixirs, but not from one to two and then stops. It goes from one to double to triple. So throughout the course of the map, you are getting more and more and then even more elixir resources. So does it cap out at three or is it more than that? I think it caps out at three. I don't, I don't want to misspeak, but I do think it, it caps out at three, which is right. I think all it should do. Yeah, considering that the next one is triple elixir. So that's the end game. Well, that's right. And if you thought that double elixir was quick, <laughs> yeah. just imagine what kind of decks are going to come out with triple elixir. I honestly can't even wrap my, my brain around it, but the only thing that scares me more than triple elixir is I, I guarantee you this is going to happen at least once. Are you ready? What? Infinite elixir. Uh, that, I, I feel like that would be an awesome game mode to like experiment with, but like that would frustrate me till no end. Yeah, but if it's just for fun and it's one time of a challenge, do you know how amazing that would be? Oh, no, it wouldn't even be worth it, dude, because people would just throw in rockets in there. They would th rocket, they would rocket, rocket, fireball. It would just become a, it would be a non, no, it would be no game. <laughs> Non-starter. So scratch that idea, terrible idea from Rob. But here's what I will say. In those triple elixir matches, the decks that will become the best are the ones that are tanky in nature. The mm. big push decks, the ones that need the resources to be good, are the ones that are going to be awesome in these game modes. It's the squishy troops that are going to die to squishy spell-killing things anyway, right? Like the arrows are yep. going to kill 55 goblins as quick as they're going to kill four goblins. So, I mean, don't when you... I think just one tip is going to be when you do play the triple elixir challenge, the more elixir you have, the more easily you can develop big pushes. So. You know, don't fall into the trap of, of dropping a bunch of small troops down and hoping they work, because chances are they'll get killed. Right. So the next stuff, uh, real quick, um, some, we'll call them quality of life improvements, right? That's right, and we'll just touch on these, like, super, super quick. Exactly. So, um, one, you can unlock extra battle deck slots at level eight, which is fantastic. Finally! You can invite friends to your Clash Royale friends list. Finally! <laughs> and invite friends directly to your clan. There is no longer the requirement to use Game Center and or Facebook to have a friends list. It's an actual built-in friends list. I love it. It's literally everything that we ever have asked for. I do have one suggestion, though. I kind of see why they did it where, you know, you get a link, and you copy it, you give it to someone, they open it, and it brings them to a web page that brings them to the game. It would almost be nice if that kind of happened in the game, so to speak, but I'm not really sure how that works. Also, I think my, bi my biggest suggestion, it would be nice if they wrote when you go to that website, that the link expires at some point. Yeah, so just to clarify, when you send someone a friend request link, it does expire after one hour. Any mm -hmm. amount of people can use that link within an hour. It doesn't you know, stop working after one person uses it, but it does stop working after an hour. Um, and to your point, the most annoying thing is clicking the link after it's expired 
going into the web browser, clicking open Clash Royale, going into the game, and then finding out that the that the link expired. I, I wish that there was some sort of indication in the website that just said it. That way you didn't have to worry about it. But you exactly. know, small things that I'm sure they'll figure out over time. But this was an awesome change, especially for the first you know, implementation of it. Exactly. No, no, I, I, I agree with you. I'm just, I'm an idea man. So when I see 1.0, I automatically think of 1.1. Boom. So speaking of which, we got a clan chat profanity filter, um, which is now a toggle in your main settings. How do you feel about this? Because some people have been having issues that it's a bug, that it doesn't work. Yeah, it's been bugged out. I mean, it's, again, the first implementation of it. It's not going to work perfectly. I'm sure they'll Mm -hmm. figure it out. I do like the fact that it can turn on and off. Um, And when they iron out all the details, I think it's a good thing to have, especially if you want to have a friendly family clan or, you know, discussions in nature. This is a good way to ensure that that happens. People have slip-ups all the time, but if you have this thing on, you don't have to worry about it. Right. Did you find it weird that it was in the main settings and not in the clan settings? No, because I personally don't think that it's a clan thing. I think it's an individual thing. Like it's an oh, individual's yeah, yeah, yeah. preference, right? So yeah. like, it's not like me saying I'm the leader of Cast Royale 2 and I want it to be family friendly, but rather you, Rob, you don't want to see profanity, so you filter it out yourself. Right. That's, that's a good point. Now that makes more sense. But how about this change or improvement, I should say? You can now copy decks from TV Royale from the replays that you watch into your deck slots. Don't even get me started. This is something that we've been talking about. I don't know if we've ever mentioned it on the show, but the easiest way to get decks into our deck slots, and now that we have more deck slots, this feature just makes even more sense. And people might be like, well, why couldn't you just do that before? Well, here's why. If you were to see a a TV Royale replay previously, it would show on the TV Royale the two decks that the people used, right? Mm Mm-hmm. The only way to copy that deck would be to go into that player's profile, find the deck, and then copy it into your screen. Here's the problem with that. What happens if that thing was from two hours ago, and now I've changed my deck? So now the, th- the most recent deck <laughs> in my profile is a completely different deck, so I can't copy it. So at least now you can use or copy the exact deck without worrying about somebody switching it in the meantime. That is a very, very fair point. And for those of you who are lost on how to actually copy a deck from TV Royale, you click on the player's name. Um, so in that list view where you have uh, a player versus a player, you click on the player's name and you can choose what deck slot to copy the deck to. So just keep that in mind because it took me a second or two to figure that out. Some other cool things is they allow clan unlocks at level one, but card requests are still unlocked at level three. So that kind of makes sense, but it's nice that they allow people to be able to get into clans now because it was level three, right? Yeah, that's right. And I mean, ultimately, being in a clan significantly increases how quickly you progress in this game. Right, like if you're not in a clan, the only way to progress in the game is if you just mass purchase things from the shop. Mm-hmm. Spend a lot of money on the game. If you're a free to play player, the way to do it is to be in a clan, donate, and get donations given to you. The sooner you can start that, the better. And this was an awesome change. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, and then the last quality of life improvement would have been that the card shop now cycles through all available cards within three months. So once three months go by, you would have seen every card that is currently available within the game in your shop at least once. 
So you remember that little uh, ice wizard problem you were having recently, Rob? But it's fine because you would have had to buy it from the shop anyway. The only difference is that you would have True. been guaranteed to see it within three months. So if you're, I guess the message here is if you haven't seen the card you need in a very long time in the shop, don't fear. Within three months, it'll be there. Mm-hmm. Um, so an interesting change happened uh, balance-wise to the giant chest. So the giant chest contains less gold and common cards but contains a lot more rares. How do you feel about this change? I'm all right with it. I mean, I really looked forward to how much gold I got from my giant chest, but I, I do really appreciate getting more rares because we need more rares. Everybody's getting legendaries and epics. We need more, we need more rare cards in this game, especially since we were talking about overleveling commons. Yeah, and that's been a problem for a while now, but let me also throw this, this one at you. Mm-hmm. The game itself has been recently giving us more ways to get gold quicker we talked about the double elixir draft challenges and sure they're difficult to do but if you can get even halfway through them you can significantly increase the amount of gold that you get and commons yeah they're being over leveled so if you reduce the gold from the chest and you reduce the commons from the chest and increase the rares it's almost better because you're getting you're, you're getting supplemented with gold through the challenges that they're giving you right Overleveled commons, whatever. No, forget about commons. Mm-hmm. But if you can level up your rares, they are super impactful in the game. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, and also, the last change is magical and super magical chests now contain more gold. And to be honest, I always thought that the super magical chest had a lot of gold, so it's nice to see that it gets a little bit more. But I've always thought that the magical chest did not give you enough gold with, for how rare it was. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I mean, it gives you a really good amount of cards and, you know, you do get legendaries from there and you get a good amount of epics from it. But ultimately, it was pretty lackluster when you opened it up and it was just like, you know, 600 gold. It's like, well, I, I can get 600 gold from my crown chest. Right. Yeah. So like we said, awesome, awesome changes. Uh, greatly appreciate it. A lot of stuff for the community, which is fantastic. Almost everything in here is great. What would you say is your favorite change? or addition, or feature. Hands down. Extra battle deck slot. Boom. Ooh. Hmm. Mine would have to be the friends list and friend request system. Really? Mm-hmm. I just feel like it, it elevates the way that I play this game now. Because now I can play with my friends way more often and in so many different ways. So now that you say it like that, I wish I would have said I won't change my answer. <laughs> I will second your answer, but I will still go with my, my, my extra battle slot because I've been asking for that, I think, for like the past seven months. Yes. Um, so when I saw that as the first change, I was just like, yes, this is exactly what we needed in this game because I was tired of switching out my deck every five seconds because I needed a different deck for a tournament or a challenge or I just wanted to play a fun mess around game where I was cloning goblin barrels and stuff. But, you know. Right. No, I agree. I love it. I love your choice. It's very good. Um, also something that's not listed on this list is cause it's small, I guess, but when it happens to you, it's going to feel fantastic. The legendary animation, when you get one out of a chest is a lot more vibrant and animated. So be on the lookout for that. I did see that. Right. So like when it comes up, it, it like swoops up into the air out of the chest and it like spins really fast and then it's like slows down and then boom. You know when they used to do those intro videos for like when when cards were coming out, they'd make those YouTube videos that they'd put on. It was like a 15 to 30 second thing. 
Yes. It was, it's like that kind of animation. So it, it's, it's very exciting. Totally agree. So now, with all of that, we also had new cards announced. Four new cards, to be exact. All of which will launch with a special challenge related to that card. So we're going to go through them quickly because we want to make sure that we cover all of them. So the first one up is the Skeleton Barrel, which is a common card. And it's a little barrel that floats across the arena with balloons just randomly going in the wind. That's right. So basically this thing is, it's like a, a, a like you said, a, a barrel with little spikes on it with three balloons on it. And as mm-hmm. it takes damage, the balloons pop. And then eventually when the balloon hits the floor, plops down, skeletons drop out and they just savage on everyone. It's like a mini skeleton army. Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen gameplay of this thing just yet, but I cannot wait to see it in action. I have a feeling that this is a, uh, a nice alternative to the goblin barrel. Yeah, I mean, for, for three costs, it's a very good option to not replace the Goblin Barrel, but I mean, it could be a viable option, right? It's just a different option for people to use, and that's what this game needs to add versatility to the meta. Yep, and speaking of versatility, the next card is a rare card called the Flying Machine. Can I just say something about this card? That it's the weirdest looking thing you've ever seen? It is the weirdest looking thing I've ever seen, but even more than that, this card is a four-cost Flying Cannon that's in a barrel that has a little hole in it where the cannon thing is sticking out and shooting. And then, oh, by the uh-huh. way, it's got a helicopter wing on it that it's just flying around the map. What does this remind you of? I'm going to say one word and then just, just sigh and say you thought of it first. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. The gyrocopters. Oh, man, you're killing me. I... I forget what episode it was, but you clearly indicated that you wanted a gyrocopter in this game. When you look at the art of this card, it looks like a gyrocopter. Right. And it's not, like, in my head, I pictured kind of like a a makeshift helicopter created by goblins. But I'll take this, and it seems, seems like this is what they got from my description, I guess. It seems like a barrel that's held together by some ropes with a cannon inside of it that's a helicopter. I mean, that sounds exactly like a goblin concoction to me. Yes, I agree. Um, And speaking of cannons, the third card is an epic card called the Cannon Cart. So now we have a mobilized cannon in the arena. How do you feel about that? So I guess first, I'm just happy there's another, like, ground machine in the game, right? Like, previously before this, the, Sparky was the only thing on wheels in the game. Right. Yep. But now we've got a building on wheels. So I, I think it adds an extra element to the game. And I think, you know, Sparky feels a little bit more at home, feels a little <laughs> bit more welcomed. She's not like an out, outsider anymore. I mean, she's still not really used because nobody really likes her. But I mean, right. in general, this is like the younger sibling of Sparky. But she still feels better. It's all about optics here. So I think this looks good. And I guess how it works is you drop it down and it's kind of rolling across the map while shooting things cannon style, right? But get this, it's got a shield. And when the shield breaks, it becomes a stationary planted cannon. Ooh, cool. I like that. Mind blown. Now, how cool is this? Are you ready? It's a five cost card. And you might be like, well, why is it a five cost card? Get this. How many times do you see big tanky type decks that run lightning? All the time. And why is that? 
it's because you need a lightning or a zap to stop the inferno tower otherwise Mm -hmm. the tank dies right right get this you drop the cannon on wheels down it's not only going to effectively distract the tank right because it's going to draw the tank into it because it's technically Mm -hmm. a building is what i would assume but if a lightning is used it soaks up not one but two hits because guess what it's got a shield Right. That's actually a good point. I didn't even think about that. It's mobile like a troop at first. And then when it loses its shield, is it technically a building at that point? I would assume that it's a building at all times. Mm, maybe. Yeah, that's true. Um, then it will be the first moving building in the game. Totally agree. But, oh, I, no, no. I have a question. Hmm. Is the flying machine technically a flying cannon, i.e. a building? Ooh. Would the Lava Hound target the flying machine? I'm going to say no. But I wish it would. Yeah. No, I'm going to say no. But I, I'm, I'm very curious about the cannon cart. How cool would that be, though, if, if, the, if the Lava Hound was drawn in to the flying machine? I mean, it'd be no different, right? It's a cannon. Just like it's a cannon on wheels, it's a cannon in the barrel. Either way, it's a building. Yeah, that's true. But I feel like this card is meant to help counter the lava hound so like it's attacking while the lava hound is attacking a tower or another building like it wouldn't go after the flying machine we will see who knows um and then the last and final card the card that when we ran our twitter poll was said to probably cause the biggest change in the meta the mega knight this seven cost monster of a card Dude, this thing looks like a beast. I mean, the card art looks amazing. The stats look so good. <laughs> yeah. It's it's effectively the first tank that comes down with basically a battle cry, right? Right. So when he comes down, he does AoE damage mm-hmm. on impact. And then get this. If troops are away from him, he will charge up and leap towards them, and again, do more damage on impact, and then continue doing damage over time. He's got a very good health pool, he is a tank, he's 7 cost, and this guy is going to wreck. Does this sound like your Banshee? No, no, the, the Banshee was the, the card that we came up with, where it was like a musketeer, not a musketeer, it was like a ranged troop. Oh, that turned into a melee troop. That turned into a melee troop, and punished cards for getting close to it. Remember? So, like, it would be ranged, and then it would do double damage, one ranged and one swipe with, like, her dagger or whatever right. she had. Right, right, right. And then she would kind of reset and do it again. But, hmm. you know, we never really got far with that card. It clearly <laughs> right. never became a thing. Right. Uh, so, sorry for the tangent. Uh, the Mega Knight is going to be ridiculous. Awesome. Cannot wait. Um, so, yeah. That is the entire game update in a nutshell, pretty much. Well, that was a mouthful. Mm Mm-hmm. So let's move on to our deck spotlight. Deck spotlight. Boom. And we're, again, (laughs) running a little long, so let's, we're going to do a condensed deck spotlight, like a deck spotlight speed round. Those are like my favorite versions of deck spotlights. Perfect. So this one's called the Hog Bandit, which is a 2.9 average elixir cost deck, and it contains, you guessed it, 
the Hog Rider, the Ice Spirit, Bandit, Ice Golem, Musketeer, Zap, Cannon, and Fireball. This is a pretty quick deck, similar to the regular Hog Cycle deck, but with a, with a twist. Yeah, this one definitely has a twist, right? So I think once before, we did share something called a Marcel P deck, which was a 2.6 Hog Cycle deck. This deck is exactly the same deck. The difference is you take out the skeletons because they got nerfed and you plop on in the bandit because she got buffed pretty, pretty well. That Marcel P deck can be listened to at episode 32. The deck plays exactly the same way. The only difference is that previously you were going to use your skeletons to distract the, call it the things like the, the elite barbarians and the, the big troops that you didn't want to have to deal with. Right? Right. Pekka. The Pekka, exactly. Now you're really going to have to kite those away with your Ice Golem, and you're going to have to utilize your cannon to pull everything in. So this deck is super quick, super good. The way that I'll summarize it is that because it's so fast, the goal with this deck is not to always win Elixir Trades, but instead cycle back to the Hog Rider and or the Bandit as quickly as possible. In fact, quicker than your opponent can cycle back to their cards that defend well against either of those two things. You're going to use your Zap and your Fireball to facilitate the pushes that you have with the Hog Rider and or the Bandit. And ultimately, if you cycle with this deck, you will win the game. This is not the kind of deck that you can play in higher level arenas. So if you're in Arena 11, you're probably going to be capped with this deck. It's, it's not the most viable there. But if you're making your way up to Arena 11 through Arena 10, 9, etc., mm-hmm. this is a good deck to use. So this will take you to Legendary Arena, but not really work too well in that arena. That's right. It's fast. It's elusive. It's got a great kit for damage. It can defend mm-hmm. very well. And if you need to distract something to buy yourself time, it can do that as well. It's got the cannon, which I think, to be honest, is one of the most underused buildings in the game right now. Aside from maybe the bomb tower, it's probably one of the most underused cards in the game. Um, good point. But it is still a very, very good option and does tremendous damage per second. Ultimately, this deck overall is very good. Do not be afraid to use it offensively. And at the end of the game, the goal should be to cycle, not your hog, but to cycle your fireball. Because that's how you kind of close out the game. Interesting. I like it. And I think my favorite part is that it is extremely fast, but also contains the bandit because I don't think we've done a deck with the bandit before. Yeah, no, that's true. And, and I'll just reiterate the first phase of the game, you're going to want to cycle the hog rider for the first minute of the game. The second minute of the game, you're going to want to cycle the bandit while defending. The last minute of the game, you're going to defend, call it the quote unquote turtle strategy, where you just defend and you cycle your spells. If you do that, you're going to win the game. Boom. And keep in mind that we plan on uh, providing a more descriptive guide in the explanation in the show notes. So be on the lookout for that uh, if you are unsure of how to play this deck exactly. Boom. Mm-hmm. So that was cool. Um, and this week, or I guess over the last two weeks, because we've been having uh, an interesting time reading reviews, um, we got eight reviews, uh, and we are going to go through one because it it was, uh, it was actually very cool. Um, from Louis PH from the Philippines. Philippines! I think it's our first review from the Philippines. And they write, informative, relatable, and fun to listen to. Hi, Cast Royale. This is Louis from the Philippines. Started listening when Clash Royale recommended you 
on News Royale. I easily got hooked. I like everything. How you guys are doing in the game. Deliver news about the game. Special guests. Chest openings. Very exciting. And deck spotlights. My favorite part. I learned how to use a mortar deck because of this podcast. Appreciate everything you're doing for the show. Keep it up. Cheers, Lewis. So can I just tell you what really struck me about this review? I'm ready. I'm going to just re I'm going to re-say something you just said, and then I'm just going to let it sink in. Are you ready? All right. Yeah. Let it marinate. Deck spotlight. Parenthetical. My favorite part. End parenthetical. Uh-huh. I feel like we just gypped Lewis. Sorry, Lewis, but... We hope you really enjoyed the news and all the game updates. <laughs> you do apparently like those as well. Uh, maybe not equally, but we hope you liked it. <laughs> but have no fear, Lewis. I will be putting a very, very detailed explanation of how to use the deck that we just talked about in the show notes for everyone to use. But aside from mm-hmm. that, thank you so much for the kind words. We're so happy that you were not only hooked, but you love everything that we're doing. We take a lot of time put a lot of effort into each segment that we kind of prepare. So we're, we're really, really happy that it comes through to you. Boom. Um, and like we said, we got seven other reviews. Uh, so a huge thank you to Omario, 20,007 from Canada, D-Dog, 9695, Roven, Chad Yates, Hazard Stark from the United Kingdom, Bobby303, and last but not least, my favorite name I think I've ever read on the podcast, Leather Raccoon Ratings. Leather Raccoon Ratings. Boom. Can I just ask you a question, though? You just said that was your favorite name ever. Think about it. Think about it for a second. I'm just going to say this, and then you react. Are you ready? Ready. Natrix from Sweden. Sweden! Sweden! Yeah, well, that was, that, that was my favorite name to say. From the U.S. Right. Right, so Natrix from Sweden is the, is the best international name so far, but Leather Raccoon Ratings is the best U.S. name so far. Right, so I actually think that the way I said that name was my favorite, but Leather Raccoon Ratings, what, what tell me, Joe, tell me what that means. What does that even mean? Oh, you don't know? Do you know? Educate <laughs> Lay it on me. School me right now on the podcast. Tell me what leather raccoon ratings means. I'm going to go with, I'm, I'm going to go with, I'm not giving you the cliff note version on this show. <laughs> You're going to have to research it on your own. I might have to. Well, anyway, thank you to <laughs> everyone that left us a review. Um, if you would like to leave us an iTunes review, remember, it is the number one way you can help us reach more people. Um, and it'll help us rise up in the iTunes charts, or actually, I should say, Apple Podcast charts. Because they did change the name. They did. Um, so we didn't get any patrons this week or any PayPal sponsorships this week. If you would like to be a part of those, the links are in the show notes. You can help sponsor a tourney, or you can become the backbone of our show for as little as $1 a month. That's right. And something else that's pretty cool that we just recently started is what we're calling our monthly Lotto Royale. What's that, Rob? So, good question, Joe. Uh, Lotto Royale is our monthly lottery system. So if you become a patron, get this, you are automatically entered into Lotto Royale. So we're going to have monthly prizes that we will randomly pick a patron every month at the beginning of the month to give them a special gift. And we just recently announced our first winner. Doug Ross, who won, what was it, Joe? 
a brand spanking new $10 iTunes gift card. Boom. Boom. So, again, if you join, you're automatically entered into that awesome Lotto Royale. So, congratulations, Doug Ross. We really appreciate you supporting the show, and we hope you enjoy that gift card. Boom. So, I guess that pretty much does it for the show, huh? Episode 40 in the books. How's it feel? That was was a monster episode. That was like a, I told you, when we first started this episode, this was going to be, this was going to be an action-packed. I'm not really sure what else it was, but it was an action-packed. It was a hodgepodge of everything. It literally had almost everything in it. Literally. Except it didn't have chest openings and it didn't have a meta check. Sad face. Hashtag feels bad man. Question mark. So I'm almost correct. Oh, no, you're correct. But it could have had more of a hodgepodge of everything. It could have. This episode could have been much, much longer. That's right. But I mean, hey, we're human. Only human. (laughs) All right. So before we go, I'm going to blow your mind. Are you ready? Ready. By the time this episode comes out, you would have already been back from your cruise to Bermuda. Well, that's right. So effectively, you have a full week of handling the ship while I am gone. You will be steering Mm -hmm. the ship through the icebergs like the Titanic, avoiding all the all the things to make sure that you don't sink. Do you think you can handle it? While you're on a ship? Oh yeah, that, I don't know why I'm using that analogy. It's probably not a good analogy to use. <laughs> and also, since we're talking about the future, I would have already handled it technically, right? If people are listening to it now, that means we made it. I guess technically, but I do also think that this conversation is well beyond my IQ level. So I'm just gonna say, hi, future Rob. Bye, future Rob. And boom. And I love you, future Joe. Boom. Boom. So if there's nothing else, we will see you next time for another hodgepodge of everything. Hodgepodge of everything. Boom. Boom. Bye. Bye.